Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are studying the life of Christ, and last session we left off with the announcement by the angel Gabriel that Mary was going to have a son. And now we're going to begin with the section in the Gospels where Mary visits Elizabeth. So we're going to pick up right there. Amen. But let's pray before we begin. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just come to you now on behalf of our heart and your scriptures. Father God, we ask you now to give us wisdom and revelation. Lighten us, Father God, with the light that comes from your word. And Father, we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. All right, we'll begin with uh, Mary visiting Elizabeth, and we're going to begin with the song of Elizabeth, and this is found in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 39. Now at this time, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it came about that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, now listen to this now, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed among women are you and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Listen to that. For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what has been spoken to her by the Lord. Now, this is the first New Testament song. It's the song of Elizabeth. But I want you to notice that the baby leaped in the womb of Elizabeth. Now, what does that speak to us concerning life in the womb? What does it uh, speak to us concerning the emotions of the unborn child in the womb? The baby leaped with joy. Well, if a baby can leap with joy, that baby can also feel pain. You see? And this is what is so horrendous about the sin of abortion today. And that, that law, that, 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 not really a law, but this horrible decision has been foisted upon us as Americans. But notice the baby, John, John the baby, leaped in the womb of Mary, and, with, and Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is supernatural. There's no other way to describe it. It is supernatural. What took place in the womb of Elizabeth, when she was filled with the Holy Ghost and she began to speak and, and the baby leaped in the womb, John as, a, as an unbo new, uh, unborn baby leaped in the womb of his mother. Don't you know it shook the netherworld? Don't you know there was one giant earthquake that took place in the kingdom of darkness. Praise God. Amen. Oh, that just makes me want to shout. Praise God. All right. Now, here's the song of Mary. This is the second New Testament song. Now, this is found once again in Luke chapter one, beginning in verse 46. And Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Notice that soul and spirit. We are a tripartite being. 
We are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. If we want to be a full Christian, I mean a full, mature Christian, then what has to be done in us is that soul and spirit have to be joined together in one in the Lord Jesus. Praise God. And this is Mary. I tell you, there is no greater example of the holiness and the maturity of this young teenage girl by the name of Mary than in these two verses. Her soul exalted in the Lord, her spirit rejoiced in God my Savior. Verse 48, For he has had regard for the humble state of his bondslave. For behold, from this time on all generations will count me blessed. Notice what she said, the humble state of his bondslave. Who do you know of in the scriptures that called himself a bondslave? That was the apostle, the apostle Paul. Praise God. Amen. On a level playing field here. For the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of her heart. Uh, I'm reading from the New American Standard. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. And Mary, verse 56, stayed with her, Elizabeth, about three months and then returned to her home. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? The things that Mary said by the Holy Ghost. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. What does that remind you of? What Isaiah said back in uh, chapter 53, verse 1. To whom, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? To those that believe the report of the Lord. Praise God. Do you, repeat, do you believe the report of the Lord? Do you, repeat, do you uh, believe God's record of his son? Well, then his arm has been revealed to you then. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Now we're going to the birth of John the Baptist. This is found in Luke chapter one, verses 57 through 80. Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy towards her, and they were rejoicing with her. And it came about that on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. Now, one little note here. In Jewish law, a woman, after she gave birth to a child, was unclean for seven days. In the case of a male child being born, on the eighth day, she and her husband would go to a place, a designated place. Now, it wasn't in the temple. And the reason why we know it was not in the temple where Elizabeth went or where Mary went was because a woman was considered to be unclean for 40 days after the birth of the child and was not allowed to appear in the temple. So there was a designated place that they could go on the eighth day to have their child circumcised. And we'll talk about that a little bit as we go along. 
And uh, let's go with verse 59 again. And it came about that on the eighth day they came to circumcise a child and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. And his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by that name. And they made signs to his father as to what he wanted him called. And he asked for a tablet and wrote as, and wrote as follows, His name is John. And they were all astonished. Now look at verse 64. And at once his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he began to speak in praise of God. Now, one little side note here. John, the entire time of the pregnancy of Elizabeth, he, was, he could not speak one word. The only way of communication was by writing on a tablet. And the reason being is he doubted the word of Gabriel, and Gabriel, as a punishment and as a judgment, temporary judgment, shut his mouth. He was not able to speak. But as soon as he followed along with the plan and purpose of God and wrote on the tablet, his name is John, then his mouth was open and his tongue loosed. He could speak. And what did he say? He began to speak in praise of God. Now, let's go back. What if... Verse 60, verse 64, the latter part of verse 64, and he began to speak in praise of God after Gabriel had told him that Elizabeth was going to have a child, that his prayer had been answered. Well, <laughs> amen. This part of the scripture uh, would not be into the record. See how important it is to believe God? Amen. And if you're having trouble with doubt and unbelief, please, Let's do ourselves a favor. Let's just keep our mouth shut. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. All right. Now, this is what uh, the record continues. And, uh, and notice here he began, he opened up his mouth, began to speak and praise to God. Verse 65, and fear came on all those living around them. And all these matters were being talked about in all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them kept them in mind, saying, when will this child turn out to be? Or what, what then will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was certainly with him. Now notice, Zacharias and Elizabeth lived in the land of Judea. And this was noised abroad. But do you know who didn't hear it? Who didn't hear this report? The Pharisees, the religious community, because they were not with the people. They kept themselves separated from the people. To them, they were superior. And uh, it would be like a king in a country and everybody around the king were his subjects. And that's exactly was the mindset of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin. See, they didn't believe any of this. But yet the common people heard this and fear came on all around. In other words, not a fear of being afraid, running and hiding somewhere. They marveled. This was something that shocked them. And so uh, verse 67, and his va father, Zacharias now, uh, this is a, you know, a little uh, side journey here, but now we're getting back to the point. Remember back when uh, Zacharias opened up his mouth and praised to God. 
And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 67, and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption on his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant. See, Zacharias is prophesying of the coming king, and that's the Lord Jesus. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all those who hate us, to show mercy towards our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham our father, to grant us that we being, listen to this now, listen to verse 74 and 75, to grant us that we, that's grace. When God grants something to us, it's nothing that we have earned. It's nothing that we deserve. It's God's grace that grants unto us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. Now, see, that's part of the that's part of the plan and purpose of God. There is coming a day where God is going to deliver Israel from the hand of her enemies. And Israel one day will serve him without fear. Verse 75 in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. So we ask ourselves the question, why does God bring deliverance to the people of God? And there's only one answer, and Zechariah tells us, by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, so that we can live before God in holiness and righteousness all of our days. I'm telling you, the United States of America would not be going through what it's going through now if this was the standard of Christian life within the United States of America. If we being delivered from the hand of our enemies, how many times have we been delivered from the hand of our enemies? Going all the way back 240 years to the Declaration of Independence, how many times has God delivered us? If from that time to this, that we serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness all of our days, where do you think this country would be today? I'm telling you, it's time for the church to stand up, set the standard, refuse to sit down, refuse to be denied, refuse to quit, and refuse to take no for an answer until this nation is established in holiness and righteousness. It's going to take us doing that. The government is totally incapable of doing it. You and I and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm talking about the called out ones. I'm not talking about those who call themselves Christians and in every word and deed deny him. I'm talking about the remnant. I'm talking about the real body of Christ, the true worshipers of the Lord Jesus. It's time for you and I to stand up and to be counted and to stand against the onslaught of evil and darkness that's trying to take over this land. Praise God. All right. Now, verse 76 and you, child, now this is Zacharias, this is the Lord speaking through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God speaking through Zacharias. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his way. The Lord. Notice that. The Lord. Amen. Kurios, 
the Lord to prepare his ways. I tell you, Zacharias is prophesying, praise God, amen. I hope you and I are hearing what he's saying. Verse 77, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. Notice this, John the Baptist has not even started his ministry yet. He's still an infant child. But notice what Zacharias is prophesying over his son. This is coming from the Lord himself through this priest. Because of the tender mercy of our God with which the sunrise from on high shall visit us. The son of righteousness is arising with healing in his wings. Praise God to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guard our feet into the way of peace. How many people in church, church members, are sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death today? Because there's no revelation. There's many churches spread across America. Uh, Their lampstand is not burning in those churches. God removed that lampstand generations ago, decades ago. And yet here they are sitting in darkness, and in the shadow of death. Oh, friends, I tell you, if we ever needed to pray for the church, it is in this time and in this hour for denominations. And I'm talking about you, those of you who are members of these denominations. And yet you're staying within the denomination and you're seeing them apostatize. You better get on your knees and pray. And if you can't pray, then you need to separate yourselves. I'm telling you today. Do not walk among those who have joined themselves to idols. Do not be an accessory to those who have apostatized and turned their back on the Lord Jesus. Notice again, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Verse 80, and the child continued to grow and to become strong in spirit, and he lived in the deserts until the day of his public appearance before Israel. Praise God. So, as a young boy, that was the ministry of John the Baptist. That where that is where he spent his time. I tell you, it does all of us good to separate ourselves for a period of time just to fast and to pray, to read, to study the Word, and to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us in this day and in this hour. Amen. All right, we're going to move forward now. We're into the birth of the Lord Jesus. And this section here talks about the betrothal of Mary to Joseph. This is in Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused, now this is coming from the King James Version, was espoused to Joseph. We'll look at that word in just a minute. Before they came, notice that, before they came together. Here's another instance of the virginity of Mary. Before they came together. You know, we need to explain the espousal, and we will in just a moment. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not 
to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken of the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. Instead of divorcing her, he continued to be betrothed to her. Once again, verse 25, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Once again, now Mary was called a virgin three times. The fourth time she said, how can this be saying I know not a man? Now we have the fifth instance in verse 18, Mary being espoused to Joseph before they came together, before they consummated the marriage. And now here we have the sixth time, verse 25, Joseph knew her not shall he brought forth her firstborn son. So here we have evidence after evidence of the virginity of Mary. And for her to be espoused, all that meant was is that there was a pledge that Joseph would marry uh, Mary. They were engaged. That's all it was is a pledge. They did not live together. They lived separate lives. As a matter of fact, Joseph, he right now, during this espousal, he was preparing a room or a place or a home. Amen. I'm sure that uh, that there was uh, space enough in his house. Maybe not because he had uh, would have a very large family. But in this case, they did not have any children. Only uh, Mary now is pregnant with the Lord Jesus. So he would be preparing a home for her to, to move in after the, the marriage was consummated, not before. And so this is very important for us to understand. Now, uh, let's just let's just go on now. All right. Now, in Luke chapter two, beginning in verse one, this is Jesus being born in Bethlehem. OK, now Jesus uh, Joseph, rather, and Mary, they're in Nazareth, but now Jesus is going to be born in Bethlehem. And this is very interesting. This is found in Luke chapter 1, verse 1. Luke chapter 2, verse 1, excuse me. Now it came about in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census should be taken of all the inhabited earth. In other words, the entire empire of Rome. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all were proceeding to register for the census, everyone to his own city. Now, verse 4, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him, and was with child, who was engaged to him. Notice it didn't say he was married to him, just engaged to him. I tell you, it's amazing how the sevenfold witness of scriptures time and time and time again confirm that the Bible is inspired of God. Amen. Now, this is an interesting thing because here we have Caesar Augustus. He's going to take a census of all the people in the empire because he's going to tax them. He needs more money for whatever he's going to do. 
Caesar was not a spendthrift. I mean, he believed in spending money. And unbeknown to him, see, he has no knowledge of what's going on in in, uh, Israel. He has no knowledge of the Christ child that's going to be born. He has no knowledge of what's going on in the the book, in the Old Testament uh, Bible. But yet here he is, an unwitting subject in the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. I tell you, that's just amazing to me. All right, let's continue on. Verse 6, And it came about that while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Amen. So here is Mary giving birth to the Lord Jesus. And now we have the witnesses. All right. Not only do we have the witnesses of um, Joseph and Mary and of Elizabeth and Zacharias, here's the witnesses of the shepherds. And in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. Notice, not on a mountaintop, not up in the sky, stood before them. Actual, the literal Greek says, stepped by their side. He appeared in their midst. (laughs) What what would you do if you were minding your own business working and all of a sudden an angel stood by your side? And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terribly frightened. Well, I I imagine you and I would be too, wouldn't it? And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby, notice, a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Now, the King James Version says in verse 14, Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Now, the Greek word yodikias is the genitive, that's the case of possession now, of yodikia, and it literally translates men of goodwill. Now, the King James Version says goodwill towards men. To me, either translation is good because both are true. God does appear and give peace towards them who are men of goodwill. But you and I, Before Christ came into our heart and life, you and I were enemies of God. We were outside of the covenants of Israel. We were not men of goodwill. But yet, God showed through Christ goodwill towards men. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Praise God. So God did show goodwill towards us because Paul tells us in Romans 2, 24, that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Isn't God good? Didn't you see his goodness when he was calling you and you yielded to him and bowed your knee and surrendered to him? Wasn't wasn't that his goodwill? 
So either to me, either translation is a good one. All right, now verse 15. <coughs> and it came about when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about the child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as he had told them. Mary treasured all these things in her heart. In other words, she kept them. She pondered. She kept thinking about them. And I'm sure there was a, an air of excitement on the inside of her about what all these things would mean. Praise God. Well, we've run out of time. This is as far as we, we can go today. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, we're so thankful today that we have a risen Savior. His name is Jesus. Lord, and long ago, he was prophesied that he would come. And Father, by the word of the Lord, he came. And he gave his life a ransom for all. And I'm so thankful, Father, that you looked upon us and you had goodwill toward us. And that it was the goodness of God that led us to repent, to find Jesus. Amen. For you to reveal your Son in us, praise God. And for us now to be a part of the family of God. So, Lord, we give you thanks and praise today. We glorify your name. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rb. TC86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said, it is the Spirit who gives life.